this is David Leaf, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andres Jones. I'd like to see what Radio 8-Ball looks like. I know what it looks like on a pool table. It was a lot of fun. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out here at Starburns Industries with Sarah Kramer. Hi, everybody. And she's been providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations, inviting friends and loved ones to join her on the air. I don't want to say we saved the best for last... But I'm going to say it anyway. We saved the best for last. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Harvey Kubernick. Delighted to be here. Now, now Harvey, <laughs> tell us about this Sarah Kramer person who's been blowing our minds for the last several hours. How do you know her? You know, um, I how do I know her? I had heard about her a little bit a few years ago then i saw her play on stage and i have a thing for women who play horn (laughs) and the way some women like drummers it's just i like women who are multi-instrumentalists not just lead singers of bands and uh and then i was pleasantly surprised that she um knew Leonard Cohen and worked for him and actually performed on one of his records. And I don't have 18 hours to talk about Leonard Cohen since I've been spending the day writing about Leonard Cohen on his uh, upcoming 50th anniversary of an album he did called Songs from Rome. But I don't know if Sarah will amplify this, but Leonard Cohen puts people together. Um, we have a connective tissue that we have been in the concentric circle of Leonard Cohen. And I know that sounds sort of hippie-ish and whatever, and everybody can say that if you went to a Springsteen concert and you love all the people in the audience. But history is showing us that Leonard Cohen touched both of us, and we're carrying on physically I really believe uh, some of his, uh, not a gender motives, but just to help people and then take the beating from helping people. But I think the beating is kind of worth it. Yeah. 
How do you like Mr. Pisces going all spiritual and everybody? Oh, we love it. We love it. You can't you, you can't go wrong in the in the realm of the pop oracle. Consid- you can be yeah, as hippie as you I'm want. I'm reading Krishnamurti and James Baldwin as I'm sitting here writing about Leonard Cohen, so I got it all covered. Yeah, well, then oh, now I'll, now you're sounding more like a 21st century multitasker. You're mm-hmm. writing about Leonard Cohen while reading. You're writing while reading. Yes, I, I have a I have a method since I I'm finally at a place in my life um, that I I'm doing I'm writing and doing what I'm doing and I don't have to justify my methods of creation. So if I want to have the TV blasting and I want an AM and an FM radio going at the same time, and then as I take breaks from the computer to just kind of take a riff of about. Uh, Krishnamurti, or look at Ram Dass, or read a little something about James Baldwin. All of it's feeding the writing, because I'm a very unconventional, I'm a kind of a jazz Miles Davis improv guy that, here's the gig, and let me do my thing. And when people, you know, come by and kind of watch my process, but I'm not letting that happen anymore, I don't want documentaries now or any of that stuff. It, I'm, I think all of it's blending. I think uh, it. I think I've come up with like my own little. It's like Sarah putting together uh, her book or her repertoire for what she's going to do on stage. I don't quite get to do it on stage. I do it on page, and it's getting the results I think I want finally. And it's been a very long time. I mean, I'm on year 47 of this. And, how many and it's, books? it's it's starting it's starting to really connect and I mean I don't know if this means anything and I get because you're talking to me after I've been out in public tonight but I've in the last two weeks twelve different people have stopped me and I'm I'm ready to be stopped but none of them have asked, have asked me about my books they they saw me on a Queen documentary that played in England years ago and is now out on DVD and I underestimated the popularity of this group Queen and because I had met Freddie Mercury a couple times interviewed him twice it's all over the internet and then somebody on Instagram or Facebook put up a picture of me and the drummer of of, uh, of Queen um, I'm not doing any of this stuff but because of the affiliation with Queen and this movie grossing 750 million dollars and I'm sitting there in this orbit. I'm people are, hey, there's the guy on TV. There's the guy in Queen. Oh my God, can I talk to you about Freddie? But it's happens at the gym, two bank tellers, a market. I was playing the drums at the guitar center, and somebody said, I saw you with Roger Taylor. And they became like bigger currently than the Beatles in this kind of new world. And it's just, uh, it's kind of remarkable to me because I like the group. And all of a sudden, when you participate in, and Sarah's been in some documentaries, you know, uh, but when you're in these, these documentaries where millions of people see them or hundreds of thousands own them and it's spread, it was just, I said, oh, wow, this rock and roll thing is not going away. I can write about Leonard Cohen at 50 year marks or Johnny Cash or Tina Turner, and all of a sudden... I'm feeling, you know, the the mission is starting to pick up some momentum. Well, I'm kind of hoping that the same thing happens for me in a few years when 
you know, when Sarah Kramer really blows up, he'll come back to this. He'll be like, hey, you were the guy on that podcast with Sarah Kramer. Was that yes, the one where she know, was hanging we, we, out with Harvey Kubernick? And <laughs> I, I about- think if you have a catalog, it works for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, didn't you have John C. Didn't you have John C. Riley on your show? Yes, we did have John C. Riley on yeah, our show. Yeah, and I, you know, I sat with him at a Brian Wilson show about ten years ago, before all these movies and all this stuff. Or, yeah, uh, he was doing them, them Magnolia and all that. But build your catalog, do your stuff. Um, you know, things can happen. Um, I always tell everybody, since I'm I'm now an overnight success, I think people missed the first four decades. It's sort of um, like now with that Rumble movie coming out, finally people will acknowledge and have gratitude towards all the Native American artists that have been out there all along. Um, like Link Ray. Link Ray. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm re- I mean, I have to, I mean, I took a look at the LA Times that I'm currently boycotting because they've never reviewed any of my books, but that's a blessing in why disguise. Don't you, why don't you tell- but about the, I'm really, I'm really happy books? they had an article on uh, Red Power last week on uh, Indians at Alcatraz and all that. That was very refreshing. Harvey, yes, sir. Sarah really wants you to tell us what tell, you, about your how, books. How, like how many books? Give the book titles so people know about your books. They're really such high quality, like beautifully well put together books, and all music related, or at least the ones I'm familiar with are music related because uh, that's your bag but tell tell about your books well the uh, there's 15 books a few of the titles are 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 co-written with my brother Kenneth and there's 15 books uh, since 2004 um, they're on a variety of subjects from Leonard Cohen to, to Neil Young to the year of 1967 to the group the band a couple of anthologies I've done of all my collected work. And, um, you know, uh, I'm really happy with these books because um, they're, they're, they're really connecting with people. And um, I, I tell everybody, you know, I got my first book deal at age 51, and I don't really make a big seen about this age deal my dad made it to 92 and this weekend my mother turns 95 so i don't really get crazy on this age thing so i got a first book deal at age 51 so you can write to your 70 80 or 90 this isn't something where you have to do it at 24 but um i actually am getting better with age uh, ram Dass told me that getting older is groovy I don't change my name or color my hair or do any of that stuff. I parade who I am, and I encourage everybody to not succumb to the Hollywood machine. Be themselves, because it makes your art a lot better if you just do the thing and don't get preoccupied with the visual or any kind of visual dance. It detracts from the mission. So uh, I want to get to your question, Harvey. But before that, the 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 sort of for me the initiating incident that drew you into this pop oracle session that we're doing here, as we were pulling this together with Sarah, as I was talking with her about putting together the guests to we wanted to invite, she posted this thing about her her appearance in the book, your book on the band, mm-hmm. and. I'd love for you to talk about her inclusion in that book and 
uh, or better to talk about the book. I, I was honored to be included, but really the book is about the band. Yeah, but this show is about you, Sarah. You can't. Well, <laughs> the good the good thing about Sarah blessed this book by participating in it, and and uh, it was very important that she was in the book, and even. Um, I have some regrets that I that I I don't regrets only that I, I never really get the final edit. I'm not quite in control of the final destination, although I'm pretty close to it. And I hope that day comes. It's like a director finally being able to have final cut or something like that. Um, and so I I'm very happy with this book, and it's really doing well. But it is important that. Somebody like Sarah's in the book, and forget her picture, forget her quotes. The fact is, she's actually somebody who kind of lived briefly from where the band incubated. I mean, not maybe in the same block. And I sort of needed her regional energy, not not the New Jersey thing, but just kind of where she just had kind of been near Woodstock or been around it a little bit or been in the hills near it or Hudson Valley and all that. And I was talking to a really a mutual friend of ours, Michael Simmons, who she knows, and he went to Bard College and he was really happy with this book and Sarah's inclusion. And I said, I just kind of wanted a New Yorker and a New Jersey person <laughs> I, I needed because I, the book had a lot of West Coast voices. And, and, and as a and, horn player, you included me. Uh, I was able to mention the late, great, legendary, incredible being that was Alan Tucson and his horn arrangement. And the fact is, um, the fact that uh, we we are reminding these books remind people of like touchstones or something. So. Um, you know, Sarah's participation was essential because I make, you know, improvisational decisions. In this case, I saw her on stage do a song, but I had a history with a song that she performed on stage because I actually heard the band do a song that she covered in a studio on a playback before the record even was out to the public. So it was very deep to me that um, I saw her play a tune that I was sort of at the birth of, at least in the audio delivery. Which song? A song called Ophelia. Oh, yeah. Great song. And um, I, so those are important things to me. And I would say a half a dozen people, people like Paul Bodie, fr mutual friends we have. Is Ophelia they were Northern just, They were so Southern happy Cross? to see Sarah in the book and loved her stuff. And and um, it's all it's all good, but you know I I need to have musicians in the book. I was so I lucky need, to get to sit in with a bunch of the band when Levon had his club in New Orleans, and I was still living there. And you know that even today, I got an email from uh, the Times Picayune in New Orleans, the music Aww. editor, because the the Rolling Stones, my Is friends, are Spira? are headlining the uh, jazz festival. Is that Keith Spira? The guy named Don McLeish or something oh, is his okay. name. Uh, he, you know, but he mailed me back, and I was saying to him, I mean, God, here we are doing this on the radio, and I was back and forth with him because he's like requesting a copy of the the book, and the, I'm having the publicist send to him. And it, and if he gets back to me, maybe there's a story, maybe there's not, but I I just felt the pull of New Orleans. 
I mean, I do share a birthday with Fats Domino. <laughs> and, and, and if it happens, and these, these are the things that I like to do for Sarah when it's appropriate, wouldn't it be nice if that paper um, integrated Sarah, who's actually lived in New Orleans and played with some of the members of the band, you know, if it would be a very nice thing. Again, Ram Dass taught me to honor the incarnation. So it'd be really nice to go full circle that Sarah might get a mention or a voice, or who knows, or maybe the guy will just groove on the book. But it kind of it kind of felt really good getting an email from somebody from New Orleans. It just, uh, I said, okay, it's not going to happen in my hometown, so it's cool. Well, uh, there's been a, a, a deep strain of New Orleans ro- running through this uh, this whole set, and uh, it's just great that you're right on that flow. But uh, now that we've got a little sense of who you are and what you do... One you want... more thing that he didn't mention. I okay. know you might be on a schedule. But Harvey, you also um, write articles and have been very generous to include me, especially, you know, honored to have participated in articles about John Coltrane, Miles Davis, um, <clears throat> Otis Redding. Anyway, maybe not, not go on too long because we're on a time uh, frame here, but mention you write for Cave Hollywood and, and... I do a lot of writing for website www.cavehollywood.com and then for 11 years I've been writing the cover stories on Record Collector News Magazine. The next one's on the Stones, uh, the current one's on the Beatles um, and you know when there's an appropriate jazz thing whether it be Miles Davis or John Coltrane or Otis Redding with a horn section, um, you know, Sarah's the go-to person on that because she brings, I mean, one of the strengths Sarah has, I mean, I don't know how to say this, but it would be really interesting to see Sarah funded to arrange uh Music. I mean, in in the big picture, I don't maybe movie stuff, but I would I I know she's quite capable of scoring and and really work doing some unique horn stuff and like I'm sure she's never quite had the budget to really do it big scale, but she knows she's very interesting to talk to about arranging and when I hear heard her couple records whether it be. Uh, you know, you know the the kind of the James Brown uh, man's world thing, or, or people get ready, or you know, it's something. I mean, I like, you know, I just like the fact that you know she, she's a multi-talented person. But I like the, I know the horn concept she has. Occasionally, you know, she gets to do it in ensemble or arrange some sections when she does some stuff. But I do hope the day comes where um, somebody really lets you do your thing. I'm getting close to that, and it's taken goddamn decades. And I, I hope, you know, she gets a chance to to really do her thing because she understands, like Miles Davis, it's the notes you leave out, and she's not a space grabber. Um, and I mean, I hope that stuff does hope, you know, I, you hear elements of it in her music, but I understand the music has been paid for independently. It would be really nice to see if uh, revenue streams open up where she really gets to show her full-blown, you know, full full picture musicality. I hope that happens. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. 
certainly is well it certainly deserved are you crying you're supposed to be crying after that <laughs> yeah well uh well god i've lost my card man no 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 <laughs> no no, no, no. there's there's tears there's tears aplenty here but i'm jumping in as the host of the yeah, show yeah so what what do you need from me it's I need, great to talk to everybody i need you to deliver your question for the pop oracle okay my my question is and um here's a question and and sarah has always been um an advocate um of uh, indigenous people and especially native american rights or just clarity or just understanding i want to know from both of you and especially sarah because it goes way beyond Link Ray and Rumble. Sarah's been into the Native American plight, I think, for many years. I don't know where it started with her. And she has empathy and compassion. But my question is, with all this media out there and television and cable and underground newspapers and blogs and all that, why is the American Indian, the Native American, hardly ever in the media? And why... Why is it un- so uncool to be into this stuff when it's their ball game? So the question is basically why is why are uh, Native American, North American, Indigenous issues and people not uh, not well covered in the media? Yes, and, yes. I mean, I mean, yeah, I want to I want right. to know this well, because here's I'm the thing. amazed. So here's the thing: what we're doing here, just so you're clear. We're going to answer this question by picking a song at random and having that be the answer. So we're not going well, to... Wouldn't, wouldn't it be maybe people get ready in well, one no. of Sarah's records? No, 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 no. Got to let us do this thing, Harvey. It's got to let... It's like it's like, it's like like having the TV on and the two and two different AM, FM radio. Mm-hmm. Doing, we're going to find... We're going to court the synchronicity. We There's a lot of the ways that we could go to our intellect to try and find the answer to this. But we're going to try and get outside of our intellect and try and get into something that's more, uh, I don't know, uh, sacred, if I I might. Beautiful. So we have two songs left on the board. Uh, the that are the potential answers to this question, which is something, you know, something I, uh, I think about a lot as well. And so they are, it's either going to be song number three, Iris of Hollywood, or it's going to be song number six, Tender Heart. And the way we get, when we get down to two songs left on the board, we've exhausted the Wheel of Eight, because if we spin it, it'll probably land on a song we've already Mm -hmm. used. We've already used the Radio 8 cards, and now we're down, we're going to use the binary oracular divination tool. You may know it as the coin. We call it the Radio 8 coin, and I'm now going to flip it. Flip it? I'm going to... (laughs) I'm mm-hmm. going to flip it, and if it lands on heads, it'll be song number three, Iris of Hollywood. And okay. if it lands on tails, it's going to be song number six, Tender Heart. And here we go. I am now going to flip the Radio 8 coin. And it landed on tails, Tender Heart. And now, Tender Heart from Sarah Kramer.
told you it was confusing. Still you pursued, and I was open. Then I had both feet in, and you were looking out. Why'd you take it this far?
And that was Tender Heart from Sarah Kramer. The answer to Harvey's question, why, basically, why do Native Americans, uh, North American indigenous people, not get the media coverage that, uh, whether they deserve, whether it's deserved or just not get what we deserve, not be covered the way the rest of uh, sort of other cultures are in our country. And also you said, why is it uncool for people to be into this stuff? Which I'm not sure if that's, I don't know who you hang out with. To me, it, I don't know who, if it's uncool. Well, no, no, I'm totally down with it. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm, I'm way down with it, yeah. big time. Um, I think we all are. So, I mean, I mean, listen, yeah. I've interviewed Russell Means and John Trudell. I mean, I've I had John Trudell on Radio You know what I mean? But yeah. I just am kind so. of amazed that... Um, uh, that just we just don't look at our own backyard and understand the history, uh, but you know, and that so that you know the tent, you know. So the t- but I have a question about that song. Does Sarah Kramer use a pick when she plays acoustic? That was a finger picking song, so there was no pick on that one. But if I strum, I most often do use right. It. So okay, I, I want to. So let's 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 stay with the divination thing. Sarah, tell us a little bit about the background of that song and maybe how what you think it relates to that question. We haven't really talked about this. He uh, Harvey has sort of outed you as a uh, a. a, a someone who's interested in Native American rights and indigenous issues. We haven't really talked about that this much on this, that much on the show. And if that, that's an area where I've, I'm right with you and I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that and how maybe if there's a way you see that the song relates to that. Okay. Well, <clears throat> while, while I wrote this song, uh, it was, you know, heartbreak, but in relation to the question, yeah. um, I feel that there, rather than a gratitude, a harmony, an acknowledgement, an honoring, a respect of all indigenous and native peoples, um, and rather this, basically it's money and the whole system and the conquering and the destruction and all of that there's this song is sort of maybe more in line with when you have an integrity and a purity and are true to yourself and your own tender heart you're able to have empathy and recognize and resonate with other tender hearts and also a relationship with nature and the natural world um, and sort of a gentle approach like an observer and a listener as well as a voice and, yeah. and both are important and um, and to also not take for granted and to um, appreciate um, and recognize when and value something that is uh, like many, many cultures do. Um, well, comes back to love itself right. um, and, and all of that. So, yeah, just the heart and love and all of that. And um, um, but but also, you know, be able to have forgiveness 
and a strength. Um, maybe I'm talking in circles here, but I suppose I could see the parallel in just paying attention to the larger picture of things and living in a way that there is a universe and there are stars and there are planets and the moon and there is the earth and there is below it and there are roots and there's a core and there's, you know, all different um, elements and all different, uh, there's heat, there's cold, there's warmth, there's pleasures, there's suffering, there, you know, there's so much and, and even with just feelings in general, there's a whole um, spectrum and they're all of value and I feel that at least, you know, I'm not Native American or at least I don't, I, I'm not going to take a DNA test because who mm. knows what they'll do with it, but uh, I, I certainly don't know that I have that heritage, um, but I've always resonated. I lived in Taos, New Mexico for a long time and was around, you know, the Taos Pueblo is the mm -hmm. oldest and the only one that the government didn't take away. Um, and so I've been around that culture in that way, and then also having lived in New Orleans where they're the Mardi Gras Indians. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that aspect of Native culture. And then literally last night I just saw the, the pre-screening of Rumble, although I'd already yeah. seen it before, but it's about to be aired on, we, you should plug that too. All the I've been seeing the, I've been seeing PBS, the promos. Yeah. yeah. So, so Rumble on PBS on Martin Luther King Jr. Day is when it will yeah. premiere and screen. That movie, I mean, it's so long overdue, but that, it was so inspiring. Um, the event I went to at the Ace Hotel, they had, um, like, the bass player of Redbone performed with his son, and mm -hmm. they had a panel of speakers. Anyway, um, there's a, I wish that, our political system would recognize its failures, even though there are also maybe some things that are that work. But to look to Native people for guidance, to look to Native people, yeah. I mean, to honor the look what we're doing to our earth. Look like there's a wisdom and a guidance, and there has always been a kind, tender heart that has been offered by Native peoples and they're the most vulnerable or maybe easy to take advantage of, you know, because we've got weapons or what have you, but, um, and greed and everything. <clears throat> but anyway, so that's a long roundabout. Yeah. Maybe it went off track. No, no, not at all. No, and we, we, you can't go off track in Radio 8 Ball. We live off the track. <laughs> so... <laughs> What did you think, Harvey, about that as the answer to your question, <clears throat> tender heart, as the answer to the question of why Native American people and issues are not getting better, don't get better media coverage? Well, she covered a lot of territory, and it, her, her answers kind of reinforce some of the things. But, you know, I can only base the vibe on, on one aspect. Um, when I told her about this movie initially, and she went and sought it out, I mean... That movie made, I mean, I got a lot of feedback on that movie because I wrote about it and I helped the filmmakers. And I used, I even used a quote from the movie in the band book by Stephen Van Zandt, who, um, who, who was in the press materials for that 
movie. So um, Sarah's enthusiasm and empathy for, um, you know, the indigenous people, but also Sarah's, I mean, it wasn't obvious in the tune we heard tonight, but, you know, she she has connections to the drum. And I don't mean just drummer dudes or women, but I mean the drum, the heartbeat, the signal, the Indian drum, um, you know, and she likes, so there's that, there's that link to the, the percussion thing that exists in the Native American tongue and the communication aspect. So I think she covered a lot of the stuff and how there's been a whole lot of genocide and, and in, in that world. But the fact is, um, yourself and Sarah and I just dialoguing on this means that we're in the light or we're shining some light on a really dark area that most people have, if they haven't participated in it, they've at least been, I don't know, not ignorant or arrogant, but the fact is, I think it's just not been taught to us in schools, and I think that's what, that's, I don't know if that's the problem, but I mean, I'm, um, I mean, I'm just kind of, um, I'm not upset about the, the, the struggles and all that, I'm just trying to create some awareness and Sarah and her conversation or her spiel tonight really put a, a, a spin on it and we're having a dialogue but um, you know these are the people that set the foundation that built the like the I think it's the the Pima Indians like are involved in the irrigation stuff I mean so many stuff that these people they gave it the office and they should be compensated well I have a couple of ideas about how that song answers that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you mentioned John Trudell, uh, who was a was a big was played a man. was a big inspiration for me, and I had the the luck to be able to spend some time with him a few different times over the over the years, and including having him on Radio Eight Ball once. And when I saw Tenderheart, the first thing I thought of was Thunderheart was mm-hmm. the film that he was in Michael Apted did I think one of the more brilliant things that a I think he, I I love Michael Apted as a director he yes he's so smart and what he did he did the he did a documentary on incident at Oglala all about mm-hmm. the siege at Wounded Knee and the yes, whole Leonard thing with Peltier. Leonard Peltier but then he also made a a fictional movie about that about the issues around that and in that movie first of all I don't know why. Well, I guess I can understand why uh, John Trudell didn't become a major movie star after that. Although he was so amazing in it that you just saw that all the talent that he had as an activist and as a poet and as a musician, he also had as an actor. And he plays the sort of Leonard Peltier type role in that film. And Val Kilmer plays a a guy who is who is. A native ra- he's supposed to be a native raised as a white guy who comes back to the reservation as an FBI an- agent, and this is where I'm. This is where I'm connecting the dots here. Is that he can't look at what he was, and I feel like when we're talking about history, we tell ourselves our our country is built on a lie. We tell ourselves every year this Thanksgiving story that leaves out 
the Native American genocide that leaves out all of the it leaves out all of the things that we don't want to look at. And when you sing a song like Tender Heart, I think about that we're on some level we're we're all kids who inherit this nightmare and at some point we have to look at it or some of us don't ever look at it. And well, I, think, I can't I couldn't agree with you more. And by the way, yeah. on Thanksgiving we have a, a we have a reference to it. It's called Thanks for Taking. Yeah, I what I do is I, I celebrate a thing called uh, we call it guilt fast. And the idea is that the day before Thanksgiving fast for from sundown to the day before to sundown the day of so you can still participate in the feast but at least take 24 hours to not eat and whenever you feel hungry think about what other people have had to give up have a little bit of humility in I'm, the face we're, we're, I think of, we're all yeah. trying to yeah listen I'm totally into gratitude etc but you know uh, it's very nice it means a lot to me that you met John Trudell because I'll take it back to 1984. I was on a double date with Jack Nietzsche and Buffy St. Marie. And Buffy St. Marie said, let's go to the comedy store tonight. There's a benefit show for Leonard Peltier's defense fund. Peltier's defense fund. I want you to meet John Trudell. He was the former uh, kind of head of um, AIM and I thought, I'm totally down with this. Um, and I knew who Robert Sundance was. I mean, I've been in on this thing since I was a teenager. And I met him, and he said he had just made a cassette tape. And I said, I'm a record producer. I'd love to put one of your tracks on an album I'm doing. And then I called him up. I said, will you do a KXLU interview? And then I said... Um, I'm going to put on a show um, at McCabe's. I, it took many years, but I was able to put poets on and spoken word people at McCabe's. This is 1985. And he said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm just going to put you together with a guy named Jello Biafra, who's in the Dead mm-hmm. Kennedys, because I think you speak the truth, and I think Jello speaks the truth. And I'm going to put my reputation on the line and bring you guys together on stage. And the show sold out. And afterwards, um, I, I, I just felt I gave something. I gave forum to Native American voice. And it, it was a very rewarding show to me. And I said... What am I going to do? What's the next thing? And then the way God speaks, or goddess, of course, Sarah calls it connecting the dots. Wouldn't you know the phone rang from a guy named Simon Stokes, a musician songwriter, and he said, I've just made an album with Russell Means. Do you know who he is? And I said, yes. He said, I'm going to take you over to meet him. And I said, no, I'm going to interview him. So I got a double dose of the real, the real world of Trudell and Russell means back-to-back. And now, a quarter of a century later, or a third of a century later, I quoted Russell Means in a story I did on that movie that's showing on PBS. I don't deserve any kudos or acclaim for this, but this is how I 
I'm trying to use my native voice to at least bring this stuff forward a little bit. And I get a lot of uh, people asking about this stuff. There's an, a little bit of a curiosity because it's these are like hidden gems and hidden people. And I kind of feel, you know, like Leonard Cohen's new book out, it's out, it's called The Flame. So I think all of us are trying to carry the flame for some of the the non-physical voices and carry on the work. And so uh, I feel pretty good about this. But then, then again, I do this with everything I do. But when I take a look at... Um, you know, I mean, I mean, to me, it meant a lot that you met John Trudell, because after you meet John Trudell, you're never the same. Even you, after you hear John Trudell, you're How do you like that one? Don't you agree? Yes, I do. I do. I do. And I want, I also, I wanted to, I want us to, to maybe leave on a note of some potential positivity in some places, because definitely check out John Trudell and definitely check out Russell Means, but they are no longer here to to fight the battle that they were fighting. But I wanted to present two things that I think are maybe hopeful to think of. One, I recently heard Winona LaDuke talking. She ran, she was Ralph Nader's running mate when he ran for president. She's a, a very, she's an incredibly, she, she's an incredibly brilliant activist. And I've, if I encourage people to seek out to hear what she's saying. She's done, been doing so much work with the water protectors. And when I hear her speak, I think she should be running for president. She is so, uh, like, just, may I, just may I comment? Yeah. You're talking to a Pisces. I'm aware of her water trip. And there's one politician thanked in the credits and the acknowledgements of the band book. And his name is Ralph Nader. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and in 1973 at San Diego State College, and of course, the school is called the Aztecs. I was even picking my schools due to Indian stuff back then. Think about that. Aztecs. Yes. Living, living in Zura Hall. I was there on the Indian guide path. But I saw Ralph Nader speak uh, when he was on a school campus that's probably one of the only things i got out of that place and he's the only he's thanked in the band album who with robbie robertson's native american roots etc and i'm very aware of her water deal and that is a positivity thing so it kind of shows in the sarah kramer journey that we're connecting the dots here but you mentioned ralph nader He's thanked in the band book. Wonderful. And I want to go... What's, e the sec what's the second point? I want to go even... Like, the next thing... And this is... I think right now, there is a love affair, and the, there's hope that we're that is being that people are having because they see uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez shaking things up in Congress. Whoa, yes. And her story started as... Started... We're stand going to stand to the water protectors. That's that's where she found where she sort of got out of the city and was and was drawn to that movement and in, and she carries that in her work. And so, when you say it's not in the media, it is true that it's not. But I but it continues to inspire, and I think that that is changing because no, she you've, presences that. You've demonstrated that. that there is hope and potential, yeah. and. Uh, and listen, it's always kind of been out there in books and coverage and uh, Sherman, Alexi, Alexi, but still, 
a little bit more. Just can we have a balanced playing field? We're getting can there. We, can we just, I just would like a little bit more coverage of these things. Um, it just, I think um, we need their help. Well, Harvey, we are, we, 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 we love talking with you. I'd love to have you on in on a future show. You, you're you have such great ideas, and it sounds like we have a lot of uh, shared interests in common. But we we've been going a little bit late here, and we need to keep moving. So Listen, I'm going to well, put I, links I to all this, your uh, 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 hearing. Yeah. You know, connecting. Uh, you know, with with Sarah and saying hello to you and and. Um, and you know, listen. We're uh, you know just thankful to be here. Thankful to be on the planet. Um, everybody, let's all work together. Thanks for listening to Radio Eight Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit radioeightball.com, where you'll find the Radio Eight blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio Eight Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. It's a good show.